0: Hey, everybody, it's
1: rinky dinking time. It's rinky dinky time. It's rin- Could you imagine if it was like the howdy doody time? Mike knows that. You don't, Toatsy. Nope. <laughs> Should be our theme song since this is a musical one because we are going to talk about the Grammys. We're going to talk a little music today. In edition nine of rinky dinking brought to you by Duncan. Uh, first up, though we we teased this last week, uh, but the world and the NHL reached the one year anniversary of life with COVID late last week, right? What was it, Friday? Was yes, I it March
2: eleventh.
0: Yeah, well, twelfth when it paused.
2: Okay, I think eleventh. Eleventh
0: was the big NBA pause day, and then twelfth oh, it hit us. So it's yeah, like Rudy, 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 Rudy yeah.
2: Well, it was I funny. Wanna... I do have to laugh at that. The, the guys out there. It was fun. Hold it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're talking about COVID and Nike is like, yeah, it was funny. It was, it so was like, Too he soon. was just
2: going like, yeah, this can't be real. Come on. Too I'm going to touch all your microphone. Oh, oh, and that. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> that was insane. When you look back on it, wasn't it? <laughs> You just then sitting he's, there going, then
0: he's patient zero. And the next day, it all shuts down. Yeah, every the world. Yeah, and Rudy's touching everyone. Ah, COVID, COVID, it's a joke.
2: Ah.
1: Jeez. Well, not to power down here, but let's reflect for a moment. Biggest life adjustment that you've had to make, Michael. By the way, Mike Hike is with us today, along with Jeff Totes. <laughs> It's Hard to believe. And I'm the Razor Boy. I did not introduce us, but I don't think oh, it really good. matters. Yeah
2: um honest and truly I, I miss traveling um you know I, i'm fine we're here at the house with uh, my wife and two dogs and two cats and that's all good we chimes all get along big bad yeah, chimes and also it's a good junk um but i really do miss the day-to-day of an nhl season of traveling coming back going to the rink, talking with the players in person um, my job has been my biggest life change
1: yeah uh I'm I'm probably lockstep with you. I just miss being around people. I, I I don't see anyone. I don't see anybody anymore, it feels like. And especially with this schedule, you know, we, we do not interact with the players personally, the coaching staff. You pretty much just go, uh you know, the people at Fox that have put us on the air in all the different <laughs> All the different situations that we've had to go on the air in the last calendar year, they're miracle workers. They're incredible people. And I so appreciate all of them at Fox Sports Southwest uh, for making it happen under just unbelievable circumstances. Uh, For them, technically, I mean, it it is just... I'm surprised we haven't
2: had a massive meltdown on the air. And we haven't because of them. It's just because of them. like, I'm watching you on TV a lot now because I'm here at the house, and you look great, and it really does look like a, a very well-run broadcast. It, it, I mean, if you
1: only knew what was going on, <laughs> it, it is truly they are truly a flock of ducks on a pond. It looks serene on top, but those legs are kicking underneath the water. Uh, the, I feel for the young young guys like Jeff Totes and young hockey players in particular. It's one thing to just cocoon it when you're aged, like Mike Heika, not me, <laughs> uh, and be comfortable doing that in, in, at a certain level. But the inability to, to go out, mingle, meet people,
0: <sighs> do all the things that young people do, man, how are you hanging in there, Tootsie? That is that is tough and it's a really inconsequential gripe when you look at the way COVID has affected so many other people. But uh, I, I do feel lucky in one regard that I'm at the perfect in-between age where I'm not missing, I can't imagine missing a year of college uh, or having this affect my college time. Uh, and, and then I'm not too far beyond that to the point that I have the stress of going through all this with kids or anything like that. So I do feel lucky to not be a few years younger or older but i tell you what i do miss concerts i do miss just general bar scene all of that that's crazy to think about we thought it would be gone for like two or three weeks early Mm -hmm. last summer and yeah i miss all of it totes likes the party that's what we
1: got out of that (laughs) (laughs) you know what i i like solitude as much as the next guy but too much it's been too much and uh, I'm I'm ready to get out and embrace people again. How's that? I'm I'm calling COVID over. <laughs> I'm like the governor. I'm ending it here on the podcast today on Rinky Dinking, mid March, just in time for St. Patrick's
0: Day.
2: Yeah. Well, there you go. Biggest Darryl, question. You can, pr- you can probably speak to this. What would it have been like for the 1980s Oilers to go through a year of COVID?
1: Uh. Oh, would they Lord. have
2: followed? Would they have followed the protocols? <laughs> I guess they had to. Of right? course
1: they would have. Are you kidding me? They were all Canadian. <laughs> they would have been in lockstep. Would have been a lot of good uh, parties at at Kevin Lowe's and, and Wayne's penthouse, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> Socially distanced, of course, of course, uh, but there was enough room at both those houses. We would have been in masks and what have you. I don't know. <laughs> I not I don't even know if that correlates. But w- what's your biggest question? Still, mine is mine is this what is the true effect on players who have contracted covid-19 like we don't know we 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 don't know like whether it has affected their their long-term endurance in any way or mental health that that that's a big concern i i th- i think it's i think it's had an impact on a lot of guys yeah, yeah we, definitely but did. we don't know i mean now remember when we were or they were in the bubble and you couldn't even say somebody had it it was just unfit to play or fit to play at least now they tell us after the fact that somebody somebody's on the list but even then they're on the you don't know whether they had it or they were in contact with someone that had it because it's vague again i guess for hipaa laws but whatever yeah no That's i agree with question. you and,
2: and the fact that it's a a a lung yeah. Uh, I don't want to say disease, but I guess it is. It's a lung issue. Um, and yeah, it could be a affect virus, these... Mike. Yeah, it's a high level athlete, and they need to be able to process oxygen. And if this in some way inhibits that ability, it, it definitely affects their long term career and health.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Any questions, Tozi, or are you moving on?
1: I got nothing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to live again. I'm done yes. with just existing. I'm existing right now. Uh, and the stars existed through another week. So, so let's talk about the week in Starsland. land. Highlight for you, uh, you were on the road there, Mr. Totes. How was the road in the Buckeye State?
0: I got to tell you, it was an amazing weekend. I got to see a hotel lobby, a mezzanine, uh, a <laughs> lower level of the hotel. It was like three days it. was not enough time. The glamour.
1: I heard you guys had a little power outage there. Is that true?
0: We did. Yes, there were mm. some rolling rolling power outages at the uh, Hilton in downtown Columbus. Mm. Luckily, Good those times. affected the middle of the night, so sleeping hours. Might have affected the next night, though, right? Yeah, possibly. Clock's going
1: forward. Oh, that's true. I didn't yeah, even I think of it. Yeah. About... Oh, I think about everything. What about you, Mike?
2: What was your highlight of the week? Ah, the, who, er, the uh, Radulov goal. I mean, I... I too much of my life is consumed by this silly team and this silly sport, <laughs> but, but I mean, I really get into it. And and, and, then... and to see, I mean, I just get so frustrated when I think they're playing pretty good and they have very little to show for it. And so the fact that Alexander Radulov can go down there and just dangle and score a goal, it, it just changes, one, the team's outlook, and then my outlook on on where this team can go.
1: Yeah, it was so great. So storybook, man, that's what we live for in broadcast and you do in writing. Yeah. Uh, and. Man, he's doing the Zoom call after. He looked like he just came in from being lost in the bush for a yeah. week. <laughs> he, was so, he was so disheveled and tired, and, and, and elated at the same time that somebody had found him. You know,
0: it, it was like, so it was, Radulov, though. Yes, it
1: was it perfect.
2: Was very, very much. I so. thought he was great in the interview. I mean, a lot of times he's not; it doesn't transfer. But he was like you felt everything. Well, he, he hasn't had to do one
1: done. in two months, so yeah,
2: got plenty of words saved up. Yeah, for me, it was
1: of course Ottinger. And just the, the whole weekend for him, you know, the, the kid just keeps checking off boxes. You know, it's imperfect, but they're asking a lot of a uh, uh, youngster at that position that's not supposed to be in the league right now. And, I mean, he's, he's now had almost as many starts as Oban. and we're not even midway through the season, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but he stops a penalty shot. Are you guys aware that by stopping Bemstrom on uh, Saturday, if you go back to 2004, which is what I like to do, I like to find where it will work for my own narrative. Since 2004, Stars goaltenders have stopped 28 of 34 penalty shots. That is critical execution at a key juncture in a hockey game. Led by the great Marty Turco, man, he was just unbeatable over and over and over, along with the shootout. He was just so good at, at the mono a mono. And then Kari Lettinen, uh, Bachman, Ellis, Niemi, Ben Bishop is two for two, Anton Hadobin is
2: two for three, and Ottinger's one for one. Can't get much better than that. No, it's really impressive. And you're right. I mean, these are Ooh. key junctures in a game where one goal just it's plus this team. I mean, one goal changes <laughs> the whole a game.
1: <laughs> it's all uh, game.
2: That right and then the obviously
1: the overtime shootout win the next you know I can tell from playing the position, it can weigh on you after a while. It's like here here we go again syndrome. And Kari Lettinen had to live through that a little bit uh, during his tenure where they go to overtime or a shootout, and he'd be on the wrong end of it over and over and over again. And, man, it can it can just become habitual. You just expect that it's not going to go your way. And yet, at age 22, he looked defiant yesterday. I like that. And when you look at most young goaltenders, I think a good comparable for him is probably Thatcher Demko, which is an awesome name for one. <laughs> the goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks, played at Boston College, and Otter played at BU. But Demko spent a couple of years in the American Hockey League. Uh, three, f- first off, three years at Boston College, and then two full seasons in the, in the American Hockey League. You know, that's what you usually do with your young goaltenders, but the Stars just do not have that option with Ottinger. And you can go one way or it can go the other with with young guys where they either get it on the fly and keep their confidence and keep going and it gives a great interview too yeah or they just lose all confidence they're a train wreck and you're just looking for some other solution so uh pretty impressive stuff that was that was my big highlight for the week
2: do you have any inside information on his relationship with jeff reese because he seems like a really smart guy and then he seems to process whatever coaching he's getting or maybe he's doing it himself i don't know no 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 no. and and look reesey does
1: an incredible job but he's had these two veteran goaltenders here for the most part his entire uh career as stars goalie coach he's had veteran guys and every every coach likes young guys now maybe not as many young guys as as bones has had to deal with all at once this (laughs) year but you want they're they're moldable right it's like uh lindy ruff used to say you get these guys in the clay set on them they're not going to change their minds or their routines or their style they are who they are at a certain point but when you get them young they're moldable and he was looking so forward to working with uh, a young goaltender at some point and he got it right now right away started in the bubble and and uh it's it's been terrific and the you know, Ottinger is just a, an open book. Uh, he, he, his mind is, is wide open, he, even though he's obviously had really good tutelage before. And like I said, his self-analysis is very honest and very sharp on what went wrong or what didn't go wrong. Like, he sounds like a pretty cagey veteran, and this is his first go-around. So that, that's been impressive, and I hope it can continue because they need that. They, they need some kind of stability at that position. that's They miss Ben Bishop so much because of that. Um, and you know, he's going to come back at some point. But we'll talk about that in a little bit uh, down the road here. Right now, I'd like to talk about the, the big league news of the week. ESPN is back in the NHL hockey broadcast business, people, which is fantastic news on almost all fronts. Almost all <laughs> fronts. Uh, people immediately clamored for the return of Gary Thorne and Bill Clement, which I found laughable. It's 2021. (laughs) Clement just retired, for crying out loud. Thorne's like, what is he, 73 or something like that, 75? Don't get me wrong, they were great. They were awesome. But, I mean, you're acting like Fedorov is up for MVP this year and Brodeur (laughs) is the holder for the Vezina.
2: I mean, it's crazy. But, man, that's that's pretty good news, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's so funny is like, I, of all the weird things, I just remember those commercials, those commercials with Eddie yes. on the tilt-a-whirl. And I mean, it, they do such a great job of making the sport relatable and fun to the masses. And that's what the NHL needs. They need the masses to sit there and go, hey, I want to watch a hockey game. And ESPN does that.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, Nobody in the league included, maybe especially, nobody has done a better job of marketing our players than ESPN did back in the day. Yeah. Like, and, and they, it wasn't like they just picked the stars, you know, like the, the, not the Dallas stars, but the star players on each team. And that was the guy they were going to market. They, they understood how to market tough guys and role players. And like those commercials were phenomenal. They were so good. And, now they're going to have to do it in a different way. Obviously, it's going to be more about streaming and and what they do uh, on the second screen. We had a, a Zoom call uh, on that very topic the other day for a different network, and man, I just I sat there and just wrote down one uh, corporate jargon note after another on there. It's so fun to listen to people. When you're not really in that world, you know, you hear about white spaces and retrenching and tent poles <laughs> and connective tissue. Penetrating kind of the
2: marketplace. Oh, my God.
1: Gamification. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, but they're going to have to do the same same thing. And and they've always been brilliant with what they've done in that regard. So really good news. Um, as, as far as Gary Thorne is concerned, I actually had a long talk. Uh, with Gary about coming to do stars games with me when Dave Strader got sick and he was interested. He's interested in coming back to call NHL games for ESPN too, by the way. Um, hmm. Not all. I mean, I, I right. don't think, I don't think he could commit or would want to commit. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for him, but it seems like a big commitment. It'd be interesting to see where they go with their broadcast. But when we were, we were dealing with, with strades, uh, being ill and needing someone. Uh, he, he, he was interested, but he also was not that interested in working that hard. He was, (laughs) he was living out West. He was, he still had baseball commitments. And I believe a, a toddler, uh, as well. Anyway, it never worked out. And, uh, otherwise, you know, if he'd have been more interested and maybe more movable, uh, and that, he might have ended up
2: calling Stars games with me. That's something. You guys seem so much like players, too, though. Like, there is an energy to broadcasting a game. Like, I, the writers, we just sit there and do whatever. There's an energy to... You sit there and rip people. We <laughs> well, that's how we do that, too. Uh, but, to but that like, sometimes. you connect with the audience, I think. You feel... Uh, you're not there feeling, you know, them. But there's that... I think there's that just, you know, that... You feel the game flowing through your veins, and so I, I can see how even if you're 78 or whatever you are, you would want to do it. I mean, I yeah. think it'd be it'd be a great thing to do at that. Hey, age. look,
1: 73 is not ancient. No, nope. like there there are people that get into a number or an age that begins with an eight in the broadcast business. Yeah, uh, and if you still have the pipes and you still have the desire and your eyes still work and you can follow things. Uh, and it's live, uh, you know, I think the the whole remote broadcast thing is difficult for some people. Uh, difficult for everybody, but more yeah. difficult for some people. I never worked with Thorne when I was with ESPN off and on. I was mainly with Steve Levy, who now does Monday Night Football, and I'm sure Steve will be in the mix. Yeah, uh, they, they was, have so many great personalities. I know, these. I know. Uh, there was Steve Levy, Panger, Strades. Uh our current broad uh broadcaster, producer, John Norton, who's doing our games now, uh was also with us back in the Espen days. So I'm I'm really happy for Bucci, uh who's been a, a major, major proponent for and and marketer for college hockey. Yeah. All hockey. And and, and all hockey, but especially college hockey in, in the United States. So Hopefully he has a major role. I think Thursday nights are going to be their big night again, Thursday night hockey, and, and let's hope that uh, something close to NHL tonight, uh, which was just a spectacular uh, highlight show. How does that work anymore? That's going to be the interesting thing for me is when they, when they were the league's voice, highlights, sports center, all those things were a big deal. But the way the world is now, where you have tablets and phones and they have everything and everyone's everywhere, you, you have to connect with people in a different way. And, and a, a highlight show at the end of the night, I
2: think there's still a place for it, right? Don't you? I do. I, I it's watch not the But it, it's Network not what it still. was, though. Not, what, yeah, it, not you, what it was. No, you're right. But that's, that's like with everything. I remember when we were in college or when I was you know, young working the job, you woke up every morning and watched DSPN. On television, and I don't do mm. that ever anymore. I don't watch Sports Center. Oh my God! Yeah. Yes,
1: I know what you mean. Like, yeah, when you woke up in the morning, it was just boom. What happened yep. last night, and they told you, and the the early evening Sports Center that set up that night's games and the sports world and news, and it had a gravitas to it. You know, it like did. it was it was big time. It was a big. And it show. was well done too. Yeah, but so. now it, it it's you know the people want their news and their sports immediately and they want it when they want it and yep. they got, you got to deliver it to them that way. I still think the the highlight show if you have people if you have great people presenting it, it's how it's presented that they're going there for. The highlights they can find immediately for the most part. But it's how it's presented. Yeah, I agree uh, with the, that.
0: So, yeah, and I think a great example of that's what Scott Van Pelt's done with the late night Sports Center yeah. on ESPN. It has a whole different feel than the typical Sports Center highlight show, and he he takes some really unique stories from throughout the day or throughout the weekend, and that's that's like must-see TV. Yeah, it's good. Good point. Way to chime in. Can't wait to <laughs> see. Uh, can't wait to see my guy Stephen A. Smith pre- presenting hockey <laughs> highlights. <laughs> <laughs> I am pumped.
1: Oh God oh lord yeah well good news good news anyway uh you know what else is good news and and hats off want to take your hat off mike sure take your hat off to the new duncan sweet cold foam it's the perfect top to the duncan cold brew you can try a medium cold brew for just three dollars and a reminder that the dallas stars who won in overtime for the first time in eons on Sunday, the Dallas Stars run on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.
2: I'm going to be there. I tell you that. Where? At Duncan. It's a good price. Well, you, by, by today's standards, you got a, a gift really card, good Mike. Price. I would hope you're going to use it. I know. I'm trying to, you know, feed the uh, feed the machine here.
1: <laughs> well, it's Try an added a layer of silky smoothness on top of an already smooth. Twelve hours steeped Dunkin' cold brew. That's what you're getting, Mike. That's what you need. That's mm. what you're going for. You
2: isn't know, we've like reached the, the midway at the NPR. Mm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> vocal fry. Uh, we've reached the midway point of the podcast, and also the midway point of the season, NHL-wise. The stars who've dealt with a lot and not gotten enough out of some sit sixth in the central. They have a points percentage of exactly 500. Do you see that today? I think it was just today that the NHL started listing in the standings that they put out points percentage. They didn't do that before. It was just points, which was pointless because, (laughs) because of all the delays and everything. There was another delayed game today because of weather. LA can't get home out of Colorado and they wised up midway through the season and some genius said, you know, you should probably go by points percentage. That would make more sense. And, uh, there they go. So the stars are at 500 and the target is Chicago, the Blackhawks who are at 569. So it's doable. That's the word I've been using. It's doable. Very much. So I think I've said that forever. 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 Eons even? Well, I don't know if that long. But <laughs> here's my prediction for the second half of the season. I believe that teams that stink are gonna white flag and it will be way more torturous than the bubble was. Because in the bubble, when it ended, it ended quick. I mean, if you were if you were popped early, you lost a series, you went home. Like your season's over this year. It's going to be like a slow bleed for some of these teams in the second half. Your thoughts?
2: Uh, I agree with that. Um, and and the other thing is is that the the good teams uh, are really excited about being good. I mean, you always are, but I mean these teams are, What a like, statement, Mike. I know it's it's powerful, but as <laughs> simple as it is, I think it makes sense. These teams are fired up Florida Carolina they're fired up Tampa's Tampa they've been good for a while but I mean Carolina wants to go in there and win five to one every night I think like not two to one or three to two they want to win four or five yeah they're a good team they're a good team they're and so I think
1: Brenda Moore is a perfect coach for them yeah like they they really do embody his like it's pretty straightforward they have they have a lot of skill you got to be crummy in order to get really skilled players in the draft and they have some but they their underbelly underbelly is not the right word their core is is that work ethic and yeah. that's him so but you're right like like a team like Florida where you're just staying in our division yeah a team like Florida that i mean they haven't done anything forever uh yeah they're they're tickled and believing in not just having a great regular season but being able to do some damage and go deep so yeah you I, I just think the separation is just going to be massive in the second half yeah. maybe it, it'll
2: it'll be like the old days when there was no salary cap when it was you know four or five teams spending 80 million dollars playing against teams that were spending 40 million dollars and mm. and you did have those games where you're just like well you're not going to go in and lose to that team are you but it's and I, it, you know we're going to have that I think
1: yeah here, I'll counter my own point, though.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can you do that legally? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly. As as much as I think teams that obviously are going nowhere are are going to just lay down, then you, you watch the Canadian division, you watch a team like Ottawa that's not good, and they've been able to smack both the Leafs and the Canadians in the face repeatedly. So what's up with that?
2: I think it's Canada. I think there's just the thrill of, like, I don't know why it's, it's just so much different up there. But they love this sport, well, the and I, money's and I think,
1: different. You know, it's colored up there. Well, the
2: I, I see that too. Yeah, different government too. I think, uh, parliament. But they, they literally, I think Ottawa gets. There's
1: a U in color in Canada, also. I know. Did you
2: know, there's, that? Ex- there's the excitement for Ottawa that there might not be or nashville or la or whoever else is is, you know san jose or anaheim or whatever these teams when they can pull that off there's a huge reward for it if anaheim wins a game everyone's like yeah whatever but if ottawa goes in and beats toronto that's a big deal up there so i do think there's that division is completely different um and i love it i think it's fantastic i i watch it all the time and i think the it's a great, it's a great season. As weird as it is, it's great to see these teams compete against each other.
1: Yeah. Did you hear them up there? They, they on the weekend were, uh, you know, they didn't like the idea that, or not idea, but the statement from the league that they're going to go back to the old divisions next year. Mm-hmm. So that would be the end, it'd be a one off for the. They call it the North Division. Please, it's the Canadian Division. Yes. And they they would really like to keep it for a year. The main reason is they'd like to see what it's like. With full buildings, yes, and just how nutty that would be, because I mean they're doing all this in front of nobody. There's nobody allowed in the rinks in Canada, so yeah, uh, it would. I mean they'd have to really rethink divisions. Uh, I don't. Down I don't here, think they can. Yeah, it, no, it affects I, yeah.
2: too much of the U.S. and and the well, the, uh, only way they and, they the NHL could... is officed in New York, not Toronto. The, the only <laughs> way they could do
1: it though would be if there's if there's the border still closed. They I mean, what are you going to do? If the, yeah, borders, you're closed, right about the borders closed, the borders closed. You're going to have to stick with your little Canuck division up there. Hey, we're getting uh, the
2: vaccine. Everybody's going to be healthy. Yeah. Are you on the list? Uh, I believe I'm on the list. I, they have not contacted me or set up a date of any sort, but I'm fine mm. with it. Whenever they get to me, they get to me.
1: Young Jeff Totes? you even concerned
0: about it? Not yet. It? We need to prioritize the writers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the old yes. guys
1: get the slovenly writers <laughs> our, our health first. situation is typically yes. not good tootsie so <laughs> no, you're top right the jeff they don't <laughs> take care of themselves <laughs> let's take care of them those that can't take or chose not to take care of themselves well further to the midway point conversation the trade deadline trade time is upon us we are 28 days away from the deadline as we record on monday So, if the Stars get traction here in the next two weeks, do they add in order to bridge to getting Sagan and Bishop back? Is that even doable cap-wise? Is that smart? Should they? Could they? Would they?
2: Hmm? Um, I don't think it's uh, intelligent cap-wise because you have the carryover of bonuses now. Um, And so, that could impact next year's cap if you make a move of that sort i mean, Janko's pretty good at this stuff and you still got steven john's contract you can move around but you have to have the space to bring back the 4.9 for bishop and and all 4.9 counts against a cap so you know even if you only get them for a month you still got to pay cap wise all 4.9 so i don't think it is and, and the other thing is i could be wrong about this but i think they're pretty good I think if you look at their group of defensemen, you, you're not going to add a defenseman, I don't think. If you look at scoring, you know, forwards, sure. You know, you, you would want one, but now you start looking at, hey, what about Robertson? What about Kiryanov? What about Hintz? What about Radulov? What about Pavelski? What about Ben? What about Se- – say? I mean, they have top Are you going to name forwards. all the
1: stars in this segment? All of
2: them, yep. And But I, my point being is – if they just ride this out and play the way I think they're able to play, I don't think they need to add anybody. I could be wrong, but that's my thought on it. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Well, you're the senior writer. so <laughs> I'm the only I writer. I to you. I am subject, senior, I and I am no, a writer. You're... But and I'm junior. The only writer. And you're also junior. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Mid, uh... Middle-aged writer, too. <laughs> <laughs> Covering. All of the uh, areas, uh, all the demographics, the—I I mean, pretty much—it's it, going to have to be a one-for-one one in this world, right? So if you if you looked at okay, we're they want him, we want him, and he adds to us what we think we need more of, and gives them that. So you know, very much like let's say. Like Joe Hanson and Seth Jones, like that type of thing. Yeah, where oh yeah, they need a D, they need a center, and you can go one for one that way because the the money, the way the the cap in the world is right now, it just seems like the money has to wash pretty much,
2: right? Does it not? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think. Or you, you know, senior, you find you find a way. Talking or senior? I think it is. It's hard to say. Uh, you find a way to, like, if Ben Bishop comes back and somebody really wants Dobin and can protect them in the expansion draft, then maybe you talk about that. And, and then, you know, it gives you a little bit more money here, and then you have to, you know, kind of tweak to get the right forward you want. Um, but it, it's tough. I mean, it's going to be difficult mm-hmm. to pull any kind yeah. of move money wise.
1: Yeah. I wonder how busy it'll be because of that. We say that every year, though, and then there's a million <laughs> deals yeah. at the deadline. But just because it's a short season, I, I think it could go either way. Uh, the short season, uh, and an opportunity like no other for some of these teams, and they're like, hey, screw the future. Let, it's like driving a Hummer. Like, I hate the future. <laughs> Let's just try to do it now. Although the uh, Humvee now has an electric, I think, or a hybrid out. But So apologies to them. But the, the idea that let's just get through this year, whatever happens, happens, and then let's get back to normal business next year seems like what most teams are probably going to do. But who's to say some of these clubs that have not been around it and they're looking and they're like, man, maybe this is the year and let, let's go for it and then let's sort it out after the
2: dust settles that's a great it's a great philosophy and and i mean we saw in in baseball it was a 60 game season yet they still named a world series champion yeah so once you get to the playoffs nobody cares it was a 60 game season nobody cares if it was a 56 game season you're playing for the stanley cup and so this will be pretty rare
1: yeah just get in man you know you all you have to do this year is beat two teams in your division and you are back in the conference final if you're the stars you beat two teams in the central and you're in the conference final and this franchise hasn't done that in back to back years since what 99 2000 yep so that'd be pretty cool be pretty cool it would be cool, <laughs> it would be cool. i would i would enjoy Senior. that day. especially
2: especially yeah, well, if some of these games you happy, are here. mike well we're trying i to want keep to be you. happy
1: yeah beat yourself down with so much
2: of the stuff that you have to swim through we're here for you mike we That's are here good. for I you i need that Mental support, isn't it? That's a challenge at this time because of the COVID. Well, speaking of keeping you happy, I got home from a delightfully awkward four
1: o'clock start on a day of daylight savings. There's an awkward sentence in its own. And I flick on the telly, and boom, the Grammys are on. Now, I despise award shows. But I love music. And music people don't seem to be anywhere near as pretentious as actors, nor as cringeworthy, uncomfortable as athletes. Athletes are horrible at at the awards thing, especially hockey players. Especially (laughs) hockey players. Come on. (laughs) Uh, But I enjoyed it. The Grammys, I thought, were fantastic. I don't know whether I'm in the minority or the majority, but... Man, I thought it was good because here, here, stay with me on this. It was an award show about music, and there was a lot of music being sung and played during the award show.
2: Boom. It is an interesting concept. I, I wouldn't have come up with that one. Yeah. Like, in great performances. Like, Indeed. their in
1: memoriam last night was, I mean, it was sad. It was, it was, uh, Buckling a little bit because it was so long, and you realize how many great artists were lost in a calendar year. Uh, but at the same time, they 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 did it. Uh, I mean, they did it well, extremely well. Oh, do we? Are we have visitors? Are we having a guest this week? <laughs> we or? Have, I hope not. No. Did Totsi's lunch come or something? What happened there? <laughs> what it is not me. Okay. Well, your best. Music tie-in in hockey would be.
2: Uh, Are you ready for well, this hey, one? You want hey, Toast to go first or you want me? Well, yeah, I do. I do. No, but you take again, this one, Hikes.
1: Again this year, no Grammy love for Puck Off by Pantera. <laughs> I don't know whether they were up for it, but they have not won a Grammy for the uh, now uh, almost three decades old Stars Anthem, Puck Off. It's a beautiful song. You gotta get, you gotta pop your pal on that one, or you get all kinds of trouble.
2: All right, are you ready for mine? Well, I thought Tots was going first, but he, I'm is deferring he, to Haika. He's deferring. Hopefully, I don't steal your thunder here, po- <laughs> uh, uh Post Malone is Alexander Radulov. <laughs> like you sit there and look at him, and you go, "Huh? Hey, what the hell I'm are, are not you so talking sure, about?" Mike? You said you wanted hockey. I'm glad tie-in. Mike went first. See, I don't, I don't even, understand. I don't even. We're going to keep going, though. You, you look <laughs> I want to hear Post- this fleshed out. You look at Posty and you go, uh, I'm not so sure about this. And you watch Rad's and you're like, uh, I'm not so sure this is going to turn out good. And then you hear it and you're like, whoa, that was really good. I really enjoyed that. And then Rad, yeah. same thing. This, this whirlwind of chaos with you know uh, imaginary tattoos on his face ends up making sweet music. And so that's my tie-in. I thought that was pretty smart.
0: Well, I think we're all dumber for having heard that. But <laughs> I actually like that Heike. I like where you're coming from with that one. You do. That was an interesting way to take the question. <laughs> I'm a- you said a hockey tie-in to the Grammys. Was.
1: best. I like music post. tie-in in hockey. <laughs> okay,
0: I, I can't wait to hear what Jeff Toads has. I wasn't. I see. I wasn't certain what that meant. Is it like a song or yeah. artist associated? With hockey or like a what? hearing a song. I, apparently it context. can be whatever you want it to be. Oh, yeah. this week, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I, my
2: God. I'm thinking outside the box. Yeah. Way outside.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that in, in a more abstract sense, I just like the like wind song and that's an association throughout the entire season. And then hearing kind of songs that were used a couple years ago, hearing that song in a different context gives you some fun, I guess, locker room, Memories? Uh, that's all I had. What is the wind song? This year, it's uh, Taking Care of Business. <laughs> is it? By BTO? It is. Bachman Overdrive,
1: Taking Care R- of Business. A classic. Richard
2: Bachman used to play that, didn't he?
1: That was the Kamloops Blazers theme song for a decade and a half. Taking care of business and working overtime. Working out. no, <laughs> no. Well, uh, you got Hockey Night in Canada music, which is iconic. You have ESPN's uh, theme song. People were pumping that immediately, huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does that get your, your hair sticking up on your arms, Tootsie? That's for me, yeah. That?
0: that was fun to see that like all over Twitter right after the announcement. So many yeah, classic clips. Yeah. I mean, rock and roll. Was it rock and roll number two? Is that what it was called, the Gary Gitter thing? You're not
2: allowed to play that anymore. Yeah, that's, Well, no. I,
1: I think I've, we've talked about this before. It, it originated at Seattle Center Arena, uh, which was the, just the most bizarre place to play hockey when I was in junior. Obviously, with the Kraken coming in next year, com- completely different. I don't even know. I don't know whether uh, Seattle Center Arena even exists anymore. Uh, it'll, it's Key Arena there, isn't it? Is that the one they rebuilt? in the crack they're going to play in? They're going to play in a
0: Climate Pledge Arena. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. But it's, I mean, it, it has like a floating roof on it and everything? Yeah, and like solar panels. And their yeah. huge thing is that it's eco-friendly and sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: Seattle Center Arena was not friendly in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Uh, it had chicken wire. Uh, there were there were the these nasty girls along the edge of the rink that, filled water pistols with perfume and would just douse guys with that during the game they would uh hawk change at me from the upper reaches uh in behind me it was nickels quarters dimes and then they would freeze to the ice and then guys would blow a groin when they stepped on them but they, they they had a strip of of tire of tire rubber around the top of the boards. Seve played there. Brent Severin, play, Severin played for Seattle, and uh, and I mean, guys just blew their shoulders out because they would go rubbed into the boards and it would just stick. Oh, uh, it was it was just evil, uh, and that was where they first started playing rock and roll number two. But and then we all found out what a horrible human Gary <laughs> Glitter was or is. And that was the end of it, because they played it at Reunion back in the day, right? Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, Yeah, and people love, our fans loved it. Yep. Uh, It wasn't the only place that it was played. It was almost synonymous, not almost, it was synonymous with uh, your home team scoring. A bunch of different clubs had that as their goal song. Thank God we've moved on from that, and everyone seems to have their own. And, of course, we have Buck Off. There you
2: go. uh and hey then in I also- seattle hitch used to talk about a team that were there the locker room was only a curtain yeah was that seattle yeah yeah he said yeah. the fans could literally like reach in and punch you or you know do and whatever you could punch back
1: <laughs> uh, and you could swing sticks right into that curtain right <laughs> into that curtain and all you heard was the sound of air ex exiting out of <laughs> lungs of humans on the other side and and at times bones breaking and <laughs> man we had we had one of the wildest off-ice brawls you could ever imagine at Seattle Center Arena like Rob Brown was Rob Brown was down near the concession stands at the end of the rink on cement in his skates <laughs> and swing swinging his stick as hard as he
0: could <laughs>
1: crazy times crazy times but that was not the topic the topic was music tie-ins that's true sorry that was off-ice brawls we'll have that in another one of these podcasts but uh the the tragically hips 50 mission cap is the probably the most known one out there song by like a like a band can you think of any others i want to ride the zamboni oh yeah, i guess there's stomp and tom and in yep. that too yeah but not big bands but yeah 50 mission cap uh, about bill burilco disappeared one summer he was on a fishing trip the last goal he ever scored won the leafs the cup all that stuff th- stuff great song yeah i heard bieber just wrote a song about the leafs too did you hear
0: that tootsie i have, I have not. no i did not hear that i'm not making that up he's buddies with austin matthews right they all hang yeah. out a bunch so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not surprised i just wonder what that would sound like i don't know we got to look that up yeah, let's, uh, I we'll, should have looked it up before the podcast. That would have made more sense. We'll do an analysis of it next week.
2: I'm pretty sure I heard it, that You can play correct. it in the outro. We no. cannot play it. We, you, you cannot can, play unless it. Unless we get in
0: contact with <laughs> Bieber and want to spend all that Dunkin' Donuts money on one song.
1: Yeah. Instead, you can just... <laughs> you can just uh, The spoken word. I don't think we can get... We, we can't get nailed for that, can we? Don't no, see? yeah. Po- a poetic so. reading.
0: Yeah. That should be fun.
1: Picture perfect, you don't need no filter. Gorgeous, make them drop dead, you're a killer. Shower you with all my inten- attention. Yeah, these are my only intentions. Stay in the kitchen, cooking up, got your own bread. Heart full of equity or an asset. Asset. Make sure that you don't need no mentions. Yeah, these are my only intentions. That's Bieber, people. What a poet! That that's that that is Grammy-winning Bieber right there, peeps. You loved it, and it didn't cost us a dime for me to do that. <laughs> as so far as we know. You have anything else this week, Michael? Anything
2: you want to touch on? Anything um, on your mind? Are you done? I I brought this up to you in the thing. I, I don't understand the hate for Rick Bonus. I think he's a great coach. He's done a good job. And people out there on the internet. Oh, you know, we don't they... want to hear about your chats, Mike. Okay. I was just trying to, you know, I'm here for the fans. I'm a tool for the fans.
1: Oh, my God. Why did I even ask the question? Totes and <laughs> so, save
0: us. Do you have anything? Uh, only thing I have is that obviously my favorite band of all time is The Strokes, and they won their first Grammy yesterday for Best oh, well, Rock congrats. Album.
1: Congratulations to the Strokes. I
0: know it's awesome. after twenty years of incredible music, finally the recognition.
2: Well, uh, there you go. Yep, that's beautiful. Way more beautiful than your thought, Mike. I know it's terrible. <laughs> my, wife you know who, wanna, my wife did want. My wife did want to know who Bad Bunny was, and I said I'll get Totes on the phone. He can I like explain. Bad Bunny. Bad <laughs> He's Bunny. Spanish, right? Yeah, talented. Yeah. Very
1: talented. You know who else is very talented, and you know who else won a Grammy, and you know who else put on. Quite a performance yesterday, T Swift. Oh, her too. I don't mind my T swizzle. <laughs> I great. don't mind my T swizzle. But Megan the Stallion, huh? Houston, another home. Texan. So many great Texans. Yes, there were, and and she brought it. And I'll finish with I'll finish with a little Megan the Stallion, along with Beyonce, I believe, on this one, right? Savage, yeah. yeah. Also a Grammy winner. I'm a savage, classy, bougie, ratchet, sassy, moody, nasty, acting stupid. What's happening? What's happening? I'm savage. We're back next week, people. Thanks for tuning in to Rinky Dinking, brought to you by Duncan. Play that music, Tootsie. Play us out.